When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 6.30, Chad. Off the glass, left-hand side. Benoit pulling on in over the line. Right wing, Everly Wade shoots and scores. 3-0 Edmonton, and that will do it for Chad Johnson. Time, 5.58, and the Oilers smoking the Calgary Flames tonight. Jordan Everly, his second goal in three games after an 18-game drought. The Battle of Alberta, all about Edmonton this season. The Oilers go 4-0 and against the Calgary Flames. And a convincing win tonight in Calgary. 7-3 is your final. Laurent Brassois, congratulations to him. He picks up his first NHL victory. Jordan Eberle had two goals and two assists. Adam Larson finishes with three assists. And there it is. The Oilers 26-15-8 now on the season. I'm Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown is here as well. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 11-17, and Kellen Kennedy playing that highlight right off the top of the show. 5.58 into the game. The Oilers had four shots on goal, and they had a 3-0 lead. That would be opportunistic goal scoring right there. The Calgary Flames came out not bad at the beginning of this game. They, they had some pressure, some good scoring opportunities. They understood the fact that the Edmonton Oilers were starting a goaltender who had never had a win in the National Hockey League, hadn't started a game this year. They wanted to test him, and Brassois was good early. And the Calgary Flames had a couple breakdowns. The first goal, Slepyshev's. They don't do a good job in the face-off circle, helping their centerman out. Slepyshev gets a great shot away. It's in. The the second goal, the test do. The fenceman lets the puck go cross crease through the through the crease to the back side. No one picks up Letestu. He one times at home, and then the game still is not in doubt. And the Edmonton Oilers coming out on a two on two with a back checker, not a dangerous play at all. And, and then uh, what's his name, Yokopaki? Is that how I pronounce Yoka-Paka. it? Yokopaka. Yeah, Yokopaka leaves his defensive spot and goes cross ice and chases Pouliot, who's not his man. That allows Pouliot to hit Everly going in and gives him a, a partial breakaway. And all of a sudden, it's 3 nothing. Self-inflicted wounds on by the Calgary Flames. And at that point, the game was over. So the Edmonton Oilers got timely goal scoring and big saves early in a hockey game on back-to-back nights. And it set the stage for, for a fun night for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and we got to go with starting Brassois as our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. He stands strong in there. He makes 38 saves. We were wondering if Talbot would get a night off. Either yesterday, I mean on Thursday, that was the storyline. Would, would Talbot get either yesterday against Nashville off or tonight against Calgary off? And, uh, you know, I was like, man, you put Brassois in there against the provincial rival that's going to be wanting to avoid the sweep and and uh, didn't have a good game against the Predators themselves, even though they made it close late. But Brassois, you know, again, made the stops he had to, timely saves. Sure, the Flames were wide on a couple of scoring opportunities, but the, the goalie can't, uh, can't control that. So, uh, again, uh, an Oilers goaltending performance, not Talbot tonight, but a guy that comes in there and does the job. Well, normally when your goaltender outplays the other team's goaltender, you're going to get two points, and that happened again tonight. I mean, Talbot's been sensational all year long. 
The Oilers uh, have got a stretch here with a couple more big games in Anaheim and San Jose. They do not want to tax uh, Talbot too much. Uh, they've been riding him a lot due to the fact that Gustafson has not, had not been good for them. They, they need to give him a break. And I think the fact that the it was a, a game the Oilers did not play well against Nashville, there was a number of shots. It went into overtime. It went into a shootout. So I think that played into the fact that they were going to go with Bressois today. And it was a great opportunity for the kid. You know, he, he had the great debut against the San Jose Sharks. And everyone's thinking, okay, it's time. This kid is here. Let, let, let's sign. Let's get him to the extension. We now have a backup goal. And then he faltered down the stretch. And now you're thinking, okay, what do we do now? They go get a goalie in the summer. That doesn't work out. Bressois has an up and down season to start the season in the AHL. And you're like, okay, what's going on? He gets his opportunity. He plays very well in the game. The, the coaching staff now, you know, they got confidence in a, in a goaltender they can put in and get a win. That's something they hadn't had all season long. Talbot's going to get the bulk of the games going forward, but they now know that if Talbot does tire, they've got the opportunity to put Brassois in again. Now, it is just one game, and we've seen Brassois have a good game mm-hmm. and then falter. But if you're going to start something, you want to start it in a positive way. So good for Brassois, and congratulations to him on his first NHL victory. 7-3, the Oilers win. Eberle with two. Slepeshev, Letestu, Clefbaum, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins also scored for the Oilers. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm a happy fan tonight. I tell you, I, I didn't think <laughs> the Oilers were going to win 7-3 tonight, you know, and you know, after last night's uh, performance there, and you know, but I gotta say something. You know, when Luch just got that tying goal last night, and when he dropped the gloves today, you know what? You know, I love the guy. You know, it, it, I just do. You know, and he's hurting guys on the boards too. And uh, congratulations to Bussois and everybody got four points tonight. And uh, I'm a happy camper, and uh, I'm so looking forward to Anaheim and San Jose. And uh, what can I say? I uh, hey man, Saturday night they won, and, and guess what? I don't want to say it too loudly, right? Because I don't want to embarrass any Calgary fans out there, but Calgary who? <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Glad you didn't have Thanks, to throw buddy. in your remotes tonight, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I won't. I won't. <laughs> okay. That's Alex at 780-496-0063. Well, I mean, the the dialogue we're talking about with the team is, is has obviously completely changed. And, I mean, they're not the Oilers aren't just competing for a playoff spot. They are one point out of the division lead. They're a point behind Anaheim. They've played the same number of games as the Ducks. The advantage actually, as of now, goes to the Sharks because they, like the Oilers, have 60 but have played two fewer games than uh, the Oilers and the Ducks. So, I mean, I mean, look, you go into a situation here, and, and we've said it a lot throughout this year, Rob, where, okay, it's going to be another test for the Oilers, another test for the Oilers. And I'm like, great, go into Anaheim and San Jose back-to-back. See what you can do. If, if, if you don't win both, if, if you lose both, you're in a situation where it's not the end of the world. You, you can keep learning from it and keep building. Well, this is a team that is not used to playing important games at this point of the season. Everything is new to them. And what you like right now is the response you're getting from the team in these big games. You, you look at going into to, to Anaheim and San Jose coming up here in a couple of days. Anaheim right now, their, their number one goalie, Gibson, he just got hurt tonight and left the game. Their third-line center-slash-winger, Andrew Cogliano, he left the game tonight. So they're, they're a little banged up right now. The Oilers have got a ton of confidence after a wonderful homestand and, and the start of this little road trip with a big win in Calgary. There's no reason for them not to believe that they can win their division. 
And there's been a strong belief right from day one with this team in, in their dressing room. I know that I, before the season, did not believe this was a playoff team yet. But they, they brought in a bunch of players this summer, guys that have been on winning organizations, guys that have strong belief. They built this team with uh, a goal in mind, to compete against the big boys in the Western Conference. And they've done that, and they've had success. So this, I, I, I like we, we talked before the game. I had full confidence this was going to be a win tonight for the Cal- or excuse me for the Edmonton Oilers. I, I felt that they, the way they're playing, the way they're set up right now, even with Brassois, and I'm like, you know, what, this is a team that I each and every game you think, okay, I don't see how they can't win. They got the best line in the league. They got a goaltender that gives them a chance every time, and they don't make the mistakes they made before. So I'm looking forward to this little two-game set in California, more so than the past. Although, as I told you before, the last time the Oilers were in a playoff spot this late in the season, they came off a huge win in Calgary, only to go on the West Coast and lose a couple games, and that was the end of their season. I don't see that happening now. This is a much better hockey club. 7-3, your final tonight. Laurent Brassois, first win. He's the first star. Jordan Eberle, four points. He's the second star. Oscar Clefbaum, has a goal tonight. Hockey Night in Canada picks him as the third star. Rob, I'm going to give Matt Hendricks our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Oh, you're so sentimental. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. He plays career game number 500. Took a bit of a blow in the second period. Came back. Played in the third. I got to give it to Hendricks. You, you know, and deservedly so. But to me, I, I would go with Adam Larson. I thought he was great tonight. He has three assists. He's plus three. Uh, shut down all night long the Calgary Fords. Uh, to me, Larson is one of the big reasons the Oilers are where they are in the standings right now. To me, he's a four star. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Steve on line two. Hello, Steve. Reed, Rob. For the first time in ten years, I get to use this word associated with the Oilers: dominant, dominant, awesome game, team win, four lines producing. I tell you, I almost need a paper bag. I'm so excited. It's awesome. So, I have to disagree with your fourth star, though. I got to cheer Lucic. The leadership he showed tonight. I mean, I'm not kidding. I don't know what woke him up in the last 48 hours, but oh my gosh. He is a force on the ice. He really is. I am sincerely looking forward to the remainder of the season. Thank you for your post-game work, and I shall listen to your comments post-haste. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. Well, there are no wrong answers with the fourth star, especially when the Oilers win 7-3, and a lot of guys, everybody pretty much chipped in. But And, and, that, and I think that's the, the thing tonight, is the, the McDavid line gets one goal, and, and they're able to score seven. So, I mean, you hoped all of a sudden it might start coming in bunches for Eberle. He gets a couple tonight. Uh, I mean, the fourth line gets a goal, and the, and that's a bonus when it comes in. A defenseman gets a goal tonight. Slepeshev only is third of the season with Kajula, who hasn't, uh, you know, his role isn't to produce a lot of points, but he wins a faceoff, and they they get the goal. So, I mean, sometimes it, it happens all in one night, and it did for the Oilers today. Well, I'm not comparing the Oilers to the Pittsburgh Penguins, but when you want to win in the playoffs, and that's what the Oilers' goal is going to be, to be, get the playoffs and then win in the playoffs, you have to be able to to win a bunch of different ways, and you might have to have other certain pl- or a number of different players stop up at different times. And when you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, the reason they won the Stanley Cup last year is their their third line produced as much as their first line. 
if Crosby or Malkin didn't score, well, all of a sudden the Benino Kessel line scored. We were watching the game the other night. The Oilers had, or excuse me, the Penguins have seven goals in the game, and it wasn't until like the sixth or seventh goal that Crosby got his first point. And that's what you're starting to see a little bit more of with the Oilers. They're, they're starting to get guys that don't normally score, but chip in here or there. The one line that the Oilers needed to get going was the Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, and right now Pouliot line. They, for about a five or six game stretch, they were getting chance after chance. And I'm talking glorious scoring opportunities. Everly had three or four breakaways. He was hitting posts. He was getting behind the defenseman only to have the puck slide off his stick before he get a shot on net. The puck is now finding him, and now it's going in the net. Nuge gets it's an empty net goal, but I tell you, when you're a goal scorer, doesn't matter how you score it, it's a confidence builder. That line produces four goals tonight. That bodes well for the Oilers going forward if they can put two scoring lines on against any team in the National Hockey League. Everybody, if you're at your computer, I encourage you to go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. First time in a month and a half since the loss in Philadelphia. We turn that on and we do it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. You can visit Japanese Village with that coupon. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, if you're on hold, we are going to bring you in right away. But quickly, let's go back to Calgary. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Leon, and then we were able to, to go to the finish for the win. Yeah, you pretty much summed it all up. I, I probably don't have to answer the question. It went our way early. We got uh, out of the gate like we wanted to. And, uh, you know, and then we were able to match. When they scored, we came right back and scored to... Uh, to maintain some some goal momentum, I'm not sure we maintained momentum in the game. But uh, as the night went on, it kind of deteriorated from our end of it as well, and uh, gave up a little too much. But um, we'll take the points and we'll, we'll go home and get some rest. What's it going to mean to team coach that you got uh, the effort you got from your backup goalie tonight? Well, it means a lot. Um, you know, first of all, that whole group in there is really happy for him. He's been through a lot. Um, in our organization, he's played some tremendous games and, and hasn't been able to put uh, a win up on the board. So we're all really, really happy for him, and uh, I'm sure this will do wonders for his confidence as he moves forward. What does it mean to take a possible eight out of a possible eight points against the uh, provincial rival? Well, anytime you can, uh, you know, just an individual game, the, the two points, when you play your, uh, your closest rival and you win, uh, you feel a little bit better about it. Um, the series, season series was uh, one that went our way, and, and we're happy for it. Um, you know, but we've still got a lot of work to do, and uh, they're a very good hockey club over there. They're, they'll still be on our tail, but uh, we get a little bit of breathing room because of that series. They were uh, they were very good. They they played well all over the rink, both power play, penalty kill situations, and. Um, able to produce some points, so that's nice to see all three of them get on the scoreboard because they've been snake bit a little bit. Todd, we've talked about uh, s- snapping streaks and, and beating teams for the first time in however many years. doesn't always matter, but does it mean anything to beat Calgary or sweep them for the first time in franchise history to you as a coach or to the players? Uh, you know, history... We're, the, the history that's important right now is this year's history. Um... Obviously, we respect what both teams and all the players have done that have come through in the past, and and they've had some tremendous battles, and, and it's fallen off a little bit over the past few years. But the history that we're concerned about is what we're living right now, this season. And as I mentioned earlier, it's nice to uh, to get the points and to create a little bit of a gap between the two teams. Uh, we know they're a real good club, and they're going to win their share down the stretch, but uh, it, it is nice to get the eight points. 
Yeah, for sure. Eight points to one, if you look at it that way. Uh, the Flames did obviously get the point for the uh, shootout loss last week. And I just was looking at the NHL Public Relations Twitter account. This is the third time the Oilers have gone undefeated in a season series against the Flames. In 83-84, they were 7-0-1. In 2000-2001, they were 4-0-1. There were still ties in that day and age. And this is the longest winning streak Edmonton has had against Calgary within a single season since 85-86. Now, they played each other eight times then. Edmonton won the first six. Calgary got a win and a tie in the last two, and then obviously won the playoff series in, in 86. So anyway, just some context here for what the Oilers have pulled off. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, overtime open line on 630. Chad, 780-496-0063. We have Greg on the line. Hi, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. I well, uh, First thing first, um, the the respect that Talbot has on that team and the classiness that he showed at the end of the game when uh, he wanted that puck and Cassian kind of gave it to him so he can give it to Brassois shows how how close the team is now um, and, and that was very, very nice to see. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was their 5-on-3 power play, um, they're setting it up like it's a 5-on-4. There, there's no... There's only puck movement. There's no, there's no um, player movement. So, you know, you can. I think they should be skating around a little more to uh, open up lanes and and switch up a little bit instead of doing what they do on the five on four. And they, you know, they they'd probably get some better looks on the five on three. Um, but mostly, I want to talk about Brassois tonight. Um, he looks really busy and really active in the crease. And I don't know if that's because he doesn't have. Um, you know the NHL experience, and um, you know, and 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 I'm assuming that comes with experience in the big leagues. But um, if he's going to continue to play like that, I don't think it's going to work for him because he was all over the net tonight, and 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 very very busy. I mean, I thought he played a solid game, but he's got to settle down in the net for him to be an effective goalie. So I just want to know what your opinions on that are. Well, on on the five on three, I I don't think the players need to move more. I don't think on a five and three you need to move very much. I, I, their setup they had, and I said to Reed when we were watching that it wasn't a good setup, but I think simply it was because the game was over and they really didn't. I don't know if they, it's not that they didn't care, but it, the the focus wasn't there that it would normally be on a five on three. So the, the setup they didn't have the the right players on the ice for the setup. They didn't have what normally would be out there for their five on three so to me i that was just just throw that five on three away because it didn't matter i i would imagine if this was a one goal game it would have been handled much different as for brassois i'm not a goalie coach i would never ever be one to judge what a goalie does doesn't do simple thing for me and for 95 percent of the players that play in front of the goalies you make the stop i don't care how you make the stop i don't care what it looks like just stop the puck and as far as anything negative towards Laurent Brassois tonight, it's not coming out of my mouth. Kid's got his first ever win in the National Hockey League, and he was good. So I'll let I'll let another day come before we judge Laurent about the way he plays, because to me it was good enough tonight to get him his first win and the Edmonton Oilers a big win. All right, we got Chris on the line, who's going to be our finish the play contestant. But first, Chris, what's on your mind? Yeah, I'd like uh, you guys to compare and contrast uh, Jesse Poliarvi to uh, to Chuck, because I I know there was some talk about the Oilers having an opportunity to uh, draft Chuck. 
Yeah, um, and they they and they didn't because once Pogliarvi was available, he was a higher rated prospect. Uh, I mean, obviously Kachuk is having uh, an impact on the Flames. He has did he get a? Well, he scored the night. He scored the goal, yep. 30, 30 points in forty four games, which is pretty good. Uh, Pogliarvi was in a situation where he wasn't needed to jump into the Oilers lineup right away, which is actually a nice difference for the Oilers because they've often had to accelerate some high draft picks probably quicker than they would have liked in some cases. Uh, I think Pugliarvi has a lot of uh, potential obviously as a guy who can really rip the puck. He's probably the future right winger for um, Connor McDavid. I, I don't think he's going to play with the nasty streak that uh, that Kachuk will. Pugliarvi did pick up another point or two. Was it a point or two? He scored a goal tonight. He's got a goal tonight in a... Uh... Do they have him for a goal? I thought Bob said that on air tonight. I just thought anything that Bob said was true, so I'm not sure. Okay, well, I think he got at least a point tonight. Uh, he's a point a game in the, in the American Hockey League. He wasn't playing a lot in the NHL. I don't think the coaching staff trusted him, and he was quite processing the game at the speed he needed to. Um, but, I mean, he was a pretty highly ranked prospects. Yeah. I don't think the fact that Kachuk has played more in year one all of a sudden means the Oilers picked the wrong guy, if, no. they, if that's what you were getting to. I mean, Kachuk is good. Kachuk is a very good hockey player. Uh, he knows his role, and he is very good at his role. And I believe that he is going to be a, a very good hockey player for the Calgary Flames for a number of years, as many people expected him to be. But when it comes to comparing players you don't compare in year one, you look after year three, start looking then, you look after year six, and then you add them up at the end of their careers and see who had the better career. So uh, right now, Kachuk is ahead of Pugliarvi on the the curve, but Kachuk has been put in a position to have more success than Pugliarvi was. Pugliarvi wasn't put in the position for the same type of success. He was playing five, seven, eight, nine minutes a night in and out of the lineup. Kachuk's been on a top line all season long and has taken advantage of it. So uh Arby is supposed to be better. That's what everyone projected him to be. And we're just going to have to wait to see if that comes to fruition. Uh, Pugliarvi did not get a point tonight, but Bakersfield rallied to beat Stockton 6-3. Chris, are you ready to finish the play? Sure, I'll give it a try. All right, you can qualify for the grand prize. Draw $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Brody couldn't make a play on it. Dry settle does to McDavid down the slot. Rich shot, score! McDavid. All right, so we have Connor McDavid's goal, Chris. Which goal was that for the Oilers tonight out of the seven? Uh, let's see. That would be the fourth one. Absolutely, Chris. You win, finish the play tonight. Thanks for calling, buddy. Hang on. So Kellen needs your info, okay? Okay. All right, 780-496-0063. we got plenty of calls still to get to. You'll hear from Connor McDavid. Oilers win 7-3 in Calgary. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. From the Terry Brown Save made on stage and not once but twice by Laurent Brassois. Staging with the shorthanded breakaway when it was 4-0 in the second period. Laurent Brassois coming up big. His save of the game for Armour Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Brassois, 38 stops. First victory in the NHL. Everly, four points. And the Oilers go 4-0 against the Flames this season. The damage tonight at the Saddledome, 7-3. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 11:43. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to welcome cam to the show hello cam hey guys it's a great game great game wow 
Um, just a few observations. I like Pugliarvi more than Kachuk. I think his upside and his ceiling is just so much higher. Um, that's not to you know negate Kachuk, but um, I guess we'll cancel the trade to Belfast or the three-way with Belfast uh, Giants and the Sheffield Steelers for uh, 14 and 93. We'll call that trade off now, eh? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is good, you know. That's what we that's what we wanted. Brassaw, um, I know what the caller was talking about. He does look overly active, but that can get that can get refined. I mean, he's got the raw goods, so I agree with you guys. He's got the raw goods. Um, the other thing about Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, and Slepashev, I think since the team has gotten physical and nasty, uh, you guys would recognize this, I'm sure. Like those guys, their skating has just changed completely. Slepeshev, uh, Nugent Hopkins, a completely different story. And uh, um, you know, I thought maybe there's something in the training or in the schedule too that's given those guys a little bit of a reprieve, and and they're uh, they're feeling stronger. But I, I think it's because they're comfortable. And I think I don't think I think it's just a very comfortable situation when those big beasts are playing the way they are. And then the last thing I was going to say. You guys want to say whatever you want to say about my comments. The one guy that I am sitting back just wishing, saying, man, at a time like this when everything is going and everybody is confident, how good would Tyler Pitlick have been right around this point of the season? Thanks, Cam. Appreciate it. Well, that yeah, that, that was awful. What for Pitt? Like, I mean, would he have eight goals in, in thirty-one games? And I think they do miss his speed yep. some nights. Uh, I guess you know, give Slepeshev a, a bit of a chance, and he does score tonight. Uh, I mean, he made uh, Cam made some interesting comments just about the energy level, players coming on. Uh, the schedule does have an effect, absolutely. But good teams can win back to backs or or still win busy road trips, and the others have. Yep. I mean, th- and that's depth, right? Yeah, the others. I mean, if you want to be a team that that battles for divisions or battles for conference uh, titles during the regular season, you're going to have to overcome slumps by players in your your lineup. Uh, it, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Crosby had a horrible slump at the beginning of the season last year. Everyone was questioning whether he was done. Melkins had slump, uh, had slumps. Uh, er- Jonathan Taves did doesn't always score at the the pace that you would expect. You can go through the entire league. But the good teams have enough depth to overcome players going in, in, in slides. And the Oilers have depth now. You know, the, the Nugent Hopkins lines, which many were counting on uh, to be, you know, 50-point type players, struggled for, for most of the first half of the season. Yet here the Oilers are one point out of their division lead. And it's because they have depth. A guy like Tyler Pitlick had eight goals. Uh, Mark Letestu who's having a fantastic year, has close to double-digit goals. He does. He, does. he, got he, does. he got yeah, so yeah, yeah. There you go. He's got double-digit goals now. Um, they're, they're finding ways to win. And that's what it, it, it... If you want to be a team that is a playoff team, you need the depth that the Oilers now have. Because in the past, the, the Oilers, when it was the Nugent Hopkins Hall and Everly show here, when they did not have a good night, the Oilers lost. They didn't have secondary scoring. They didn't have a fourth line that could chip in or a third line that's going to pop one here and there. 
It just did not happen. And then it became very easy to shut down the Oilers. Now, if you shut down McDavid, there are other lines that can beat you, and we've seen that in the past. The Oilers are now 14-5-6 since December 1st. Seven goals tonight. That means a $175 donation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Connor McDavid now with 16 on the year. Back to Calgary. Here's the cap. I'm not too sure. Um, you know, we're just ready to go. I mean, it's, you're always excited when you're in uh, in Calgary's building. Um, you know, the crowd was pretty into it, which is always good. And um, you know, our fans came out and, and were loud. Your goalie Laurent, a lot of run support early. You know, we try to get his win. You're up three after six minutes, and then up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's tough being a, a young goalie and, and making his first start of the year, and, and you, know, you want to make him feel as comfortable as, as you can. And, um, you know, I think we did that early, and, you know, but he still made some great saves, um, you know, especially, you know, early in the first and, and late in the third. He made some uh, some huge saves. Is it, is, I guess this is figure it out. His last game was a tight going to a shootout game, and yet the first couple of games of the year were high scoring, and tonight you're back to high scoring again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird game. Um, you know, I think, you know, that was a little bit more open than they would like to play, but when you get down three early, that's how you kind of have to go. I mean, um, you know, we found a way to, to score a few early, and, and you know, I think that kind of made them and, and forced them to open up early. And, um, yeah. What about Kuchuk? Say about him. Uh, he plays. He plays a hard game, and and you know, that's definitely uh, definitely good. I I just th- didn't like the hit on me, and that was all. And, and um, nobody plays a hard game, and, and he's having a great year, and he's uh, he's doing a lot of good things out there. So um, your team has crossed a lot of thresholds this year. Some good things tonight. First time in, in history that you've swept Calgary Flames in a season series. Does that does that matter to a group? And uh, like your team. For sure, um, you know they're our rival, and, and um, you know it's definitely uh, definitely good. To, and they're, they're fighting for a playoff spot as well, and, and then um, that puts them eight points back or seven. I think they got one, so um, put some seven points back. But those are points they can't get back, so um, they're definitely uh, good to, to sweep them. And and, uh, and you're trying to finish first in the division because and I've lost tonight, so you're only one point back. Now. Yeah, I mean it's a long year. There's a lot of things left to, to go on and we're excited that we, you know we were able to beat Calgary four times and, and you know that's all we're focusing on um, you know we have uh, some big divisional games coming up this week and uh, yeah. all right that's Oilers captain Connor McDavid 56 points in 49 games he leads the entire NHL all right if you're on hold stay there we're coming right back Oilers win 7-3 in Calgary it's overtime open line Courtesy of Canadian Brew House from the Terry Perenich Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This Co Energy Power Play second unit starts. Amberley from left ball, moved around to Jenkins left circle. One timer, left ball, score. 6-1 Edmonton, left ball, a power play goal. He's eighth of the year. 
The Oilers won for five with the man advantage tonight. They did surrender a shorthanded goal, but by that point, the game was already in the bag. 7-3, the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames tonight. Brassois, first career victory, Everly. Two goals, two assists. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We have Sir Taj on line four. Hi, Sir Taj. Go ahead. Oh, uh, hello. Hello, sir. Hi, Mr. Uh, Rob Brown. How are you guys doing? Good, buddy. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? <laughs> uh, so, um, so I wanted to talk about Milan Lucic. It's like, um, you know, we both uh, wear the same number in hockey. Uh, num- well, we use, he used the word number 17, which uh, matches my birthday, 17 December 2004. And, uh, you know, I, I, I actually had a dream the night before he scored his, uh, uh, he ended his scoring slump. And uh, I, I like to take penalties, I like to drop gloves, but nobody actually wants, <laughs> nobody fights with me. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for calling, buddy. Well, Lucic certainly much more involved the last two games. I mean, he gets a goal yesterday, he gets a fight, he delivers the big hit, which draws the penalty against the Predators, and then tonight he fights Derek England for the second time this season. Wasn't on the on the score sheet points-wise, but you know clearly he's trying to get involved, and you hope as the games become increasingly more and more important down the stretch that Lucic's ex- previous experience in those types of games is uh, is going to pay off. 780-496-0063. We have Kent on the line. Kent, are you calling from Ontario? Yeah. How's it going? Yes, I am. All right. Thanks for taking my call. I love your guys' show. Um, I was so happy to see Laurent Brassois starting uh, tonight. It was just, I just was really glad to see him get that chance. And it's nice to see an oil king out there and nice to see something coming back from uh, the Schmied trade that, you know, is making a real contribution to this team. And and I thought that was great. I wasn't as confident as Rob, though, that, that they were going to win tonight simply because coming into the game, you know, we only, we had 22 right-out wins, and that's the same as Calgary in terms of just straight wins. And I was also looking at a couple other stats before the game. And when this, in terms of 5-on-5 action, when the play is tied, the Oilers, play the most amount of minutes in the league well I think just after Philadelphia uh, for five on five and um, during during that play they're 29th in terms of goal force percentage and shot for percentage so I was wondering like what that says to you guys about you know a young team or maybe even the Oilers second line like being a little bit listless in competition well, I, I think it says a couple of things. It says it's, your goaltender is good, and it says your power play produces and gets you the goals when you need it. Um, st- <laughs> I'm not a huge stat guy. I, 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 I like to see the whole body work, and I like to see, I mean, the bottom line is wins and losses, and the Oilers this year are <laughs> much, much better in, in the wins and losses category. There's things that this team needs to correct, and we saw the last two games on home ice, the Oilers were not the better team in either in either of those games. Yeah, got three out of four points. So there's things they have to correct. Good goaltending and great goaltending covers up a lot of blemishes in your lineup and a lot of blemishes in your game. And it certainly has on a number of nights this year where Cam Talbot has been the better goaltender in the in the game. And, and because of that, the Oilers have benefited 
Having said that, there are so many positives this year compared to seasons gone by that the, this is not a finished product, but it's a product going in the right direction. And I think that they're, where they are, their placement in the standings proves that this team is going in a very positive way with, with things they got to correct, and the coaching staff is not blind to it. But still, this is a team going in the right way. The Oilers win it 7-3 over the Calgary Flames. They go 4-0 against the Flames this season. We do have to bring you the midnight news, traffic, and weather here to keep you updated on everything that's going on in the world. And, oh, there's there's a lot going on south of the border, I can tell you that. There's a lot of marches. Actually, my wife marched today, so there's a lot of marching going on Oh, nowadays. there you go. And i got to say along those lines, we've probably got at least 3 million people listening to the show right now. Jordan and <laughs> Gary and JP are next on the phone lines. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, it's Sunday morning. NFL Conference Championship games coming up later today. Rob and I will give you our predictions before. <laughs> Absolutely. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The did anyone predict this? Seven three. The Oilers win in Calgary. They took control early. Three goals on their first four shots. It was three nothing. Five fifty eight into the game. They added to it. They were up five nothing before Calgary scored. The Oilers are twenty six fifteen and eight on the season. All right, we have Jordan on the line. Jordan, thanks for waiting through the news, there, buddy. Go ahead. Hi there. How is it going in there, fellas? Good. All right. Well, you know, I texted way back when, probably about two years ago, and I said that, like, the Oilers were playing at a very, 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 very low level, and I was about ready to give up. However, this season has turned it all the way around. I have been thoroughly impressed with at least 30% of the Oilers, the Oilers that go, uh uh, games they they played the season. However, my great question is, what should the Oilers pursue in the trade deadline? I mean, there's been a lot of rumors around, like uh, guys like Kevin Shinekirk and uh, and uh, other guys there. But uh, my question is, who do you think they should go after in the trade deadline as buyers? To me, I, I would go for scoring depth on the wing. I think that. If the Oilers ever need to put three centermen, go with their top three with it, um, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, they do not have the depth on the wing to do that. I would go after like a, a Rabada or someone like that, or a, or even go after a Hansel, and there you got a much better third line center. And uh, I, 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 those are unrestricted free agents, guys that you're going to lose at the end of the season, so it's not going to cost you a whole lot. Depth on defense is never depth on defense is always a good thing as we have seen this year. The number of Oilers defensemen have gone down. Having said that, if the Oilers stay healthy on the back end right now, they will gain a Darnell Nurse, which is like gaining in in a trade because you're getting a very good defenseman that's going to come and be in your top six. I would not mortgage the future on a part-time rental player. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, if he'd be a fantastic fit for the Edmonton Oilers, but I wouldn't trade for him if I'm only going to have him for two months. 
If he wants Absolutely. to resign, yeah, if he wants to sign here, oh, would he be nice on your power play? But I'm not mm-hmm. giving up whatever the cost, and it's going to be a high cost to get him to have him just for a month or a month and a half. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. I mean, the Oilers need to improve the secondary scoring. However, I don't think it's worth trading probably a high prospect and probably on a draft pick to try to try to get Kevin Shattenkirk. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate the call, buddy. Glad you enjoyed the game. 780-496-0063. The uh, Oilers, uh, I mentioned, you know, 11 games over five hundred. The last time they were that many games over five hundred. Actually, I'm going to double-check this. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Uh, the last time they were 11 games over, or, or this many games over five hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the 05-06 season, they were 13 games over, 41-28 and, uh, and 13. So they're having a good year. Yeah, they're, they're having a great year. What did they say on the TV tonight? They're 10 points away from last year's point total, and we're still in January? Yeah, we well, had, yeah, exactly. So uh, we had 60 now, 70 they had last year. Is that correct? And another note from uh, last for, for, for Oilers historians or whatever you want to call it, uh, Todd McClellan gets his 57th win as the Oilers coach tonight. He ties Tom Rennie for sixth most all-time. Rennie coached 33 more games mm-hmm. than McClellan. Now, somebody tweeted me and said that's not really a reflection on Rennie's coaching, nope. but also it's a reflection on the roster. And I, and I do think Todd McClellan is a good coach. Oh, I think he's a, he's a fantastic coach, a, but he has a much better team absolutely. than Tom Rennie had. Tom Rennie had the start of a rebuild, more or less. And we are now seeing uh, this rebuild start to show what kind of ability it has as a as a team. Is it? It uh, there's uh, this is a team now that is battling for for division. It's a team that is battling for a playoff spot, and it is a lot more fun right now here, late in January, talking about what we can trade for. At the deadline, not what we're going to trade away. All right, we have Gary on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Gary, thanks for staying up, buddy. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I, wow. <laughs> uh, who would have expected uh, uh, to uh, beat the Flames 7-3? I mean, it was nice for Lauren Bissois to get his first win, especially against our uh, southern rivals. Um, I couldn't believe they mentioned the radio. On the, on the TV after the game that uh, we haven't swept the, the Flames for 31 seasons or 31 years. That's incredible. Yeah, it's not. No, this is the longest in-season winning streak against the Flames in 31 years. They played eight times in 85-86, Gary. The okay, Oilers won it. the first six, and then there was a tie and a Flames win. But, but yeah, it's still pretty significant. That's good because if you calculate the number of goals we scored in the four games, 5.25 goals per game, that's incredible. And... Uh, Contribution from all four lines. It's nice to see uh, Everly once again get back, getting back on the scoring sheet. Um, four points tonight, and then Kulia uh, get a couple of points and assists. Just have to get him going for getting goals in. Uh, look at the stats too. We got uh, seven players assists and goals double digits. Uh, when's the last time you seen that? And we're only what sixty uh, what thirty three games left in the season before the end of the season, and then we've got uh, fourteen players. <laughs> Goals and assists in double digits. It's incredible. So I guess we move on uh, next week. Uh, we got Danheim, we got San Jose. So that's very important games ahead to first all first place overall in Pacific. And I, I guess they need a break. Uh, I'm sure the, the break will help the guys out before they uh, move on uh, on the road to the next two games. 
Yeah, right on, Gary. Thanks a lot for calling. I mean, you mentioned the the point totals, and I mean, and again, that's a that's a theme, the the, the depth. And yes, there have been times where we've said, "Why isn't this guy scoring? What's what's wrong with this guy?" Well, two things: either another line has has picked it up, or the the top line has had a game where they figured in on two of three goals or, or all three goals. And I mean, that's just. Sort of the some nights your your best players and the Oilers have two of the top twenty scorers in the league. Some nights those guys will will do all the work scoring. Okay, so some nights obviously Everly had a long slump. Nugent Hopkins has had a slump. Pouliot is still on one, but Latestu has scored. Mm-hmm. Or or uh, you know Hendricks got a goal. Hendricks doesn't have a lot of goals, but he had a goal the other night. Clef bombs up to eight on the season, so good for him from the back end. So yeah, it'd be nice if it was always all four and you got four every night but they've been able to find it from somewhere more often than not. Well, I mean, it's never going to be all four simply because the the fourth line is the fourth line for a reason because they score once every, you know, eight, nine games on on average around the National Hockey League. The third line might chip in a little bit more, but that's not what they're here for. you got a, uh, a couple of rookies on that line and a, a big tough guy that not going to create the scoring chances and he's got no one really to help him do it so they're not going to score a lot the one that has been the enigma for the the Oilers this year is the Nugent Hopkins line they have shown signs of life over the last six seven games now they're getting the uh, they're they're benefiting with a little bit of puck luck going their way and if they can continue to do that now the Oilers a team that has been without a second line for most of the season and are still sitting a point out of the division lead if they get that second line going uh, you know, maybe a division win could be in uh, the future for the Oilers. So they a lot of time still to go in the season, a lot of work they, they still have left, but I think they are very excited about where they're sitting right now in the standings compared to where they have been in the past over the last 10, 11 years. Two individual milestones for the Oilers tonight. Matt Hendricks plays game number 500, and LeBron, Laurent Brassois gets career win number one. Well, that's the plan. Is um, you know, last year I had an opportunity and um, I didn't make it work, and, and so I put a lot of work in to make sure that this is the last time that I, I get a call up. And you know, your line trade deadline is about a month away, so you want to make sure you get enough games so you can show them what you can do. Exactly. Yeah. No, and, and I'm going to be patient. Um, I, I'm not trying to, you know, win a starting spot um, this year. I, I know my role, and I'm just going to work hard in practices and, and just be ready for opportunities like this to play. Um, how difficult is it, though, that the guy is going to be playing 90 percent of the games because he's playing good near the backup? Yeah, it's it was an adjustment, um, but you know I'm getting used to it. Uh, I got a solid practice routine and game routine that I'm that I'm happy with, so it's um, I'm feeling good and just um, like I said, just gonna be ready for starts. How does it feel to get? Uh, sorry if this was asked already, but to get your first win? Uh, it's it, it's a big uh, it's a great feeling, um, especially with how uh, last year went down with my call up. Um, it's nice to, uh, to contribute in a positive way. Mean anything more because it's against the Flames? Um, to be honest, I wasn't thinking too too much like that. Uh, I was just looking at that little puck, and uh, that's the only thing I was against. Laurent Brassois, good outing from him. You know, especially in that first period, the Flames had some chances early, and then clearly once they fell behind two, three, nothing, they're throwing everything at the net, and uh, he was able to keep thirty-eight out tonight. The Oilers win seven-three. Well, the, the one thing I think teams around the league do not want to do is fall behind the Oilers by a couple and have to open it up. Because if you give the Oilers 
breaks because you're forcing things and all of a sudden you're getting the odd man break going the other way. The others have a number of players throughout their lineup that, that they can capitalize on a two-on-one, on the breakaway, on a three-on-two. So the Calgary Flames, uh, they gave up, you know, I mean, they didn't play poorly when they're down 3 nothing, but once they got down 3 nothing, they had to open things up, and when they did, that just allowed the Oilers a number of great scoring opportunities, and they took advantage of them. We'll update your Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. We have Billy up next on the phone lines. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A 7-3 win for Edmonton over Calgary. Highlights your Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. Also tonight, the Sharks beat the Avalanche 3-2 in overtime. Jets knock off the Blues 5-3. Columbus wins at home 3-2 against Carolina. The Senators tied it late and then won in a shootout 3-2 over Toronto. In overtime, Sabres 3, Canadians 2. Islanders beat the Kings 4-2. Devils drop the Flyers 4-1. 5-3 victory for the Coyotes against the Lightning. Capitals in OT 4-3 against the Stars. And the Wild knock off the Ducks 5-3. That's good for the Oilers in their Pacific Division chase. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings lose 5-2 to Prince Albert. The Oilers' farm team, four goals in the third period to beat the Stockton Heat 6-3. And the U of A Golden Bears lost tonight at Claire Drake Arena 3-0 to the Calgary Dinos. It is the first time the Golden Bears have been shut out at home in the regular season since 1964. That's unbelievable. That's <laughs> like, crazy. seriously. I mean, to think about the number of home games they play, and they are, I know they've, they've had great teams, and they've been a powerhouse forever, but there had to have been in that, what is that, 50 years? 50, 64, so that's 50, 60 years? No, 50 years, I guess. It is just over 50. 53 years, I guess. Yeah, so. to not have run into a goaltender that stands on his head in 53 years of, of hockey games. So it, it's a testament to how good they have been for a number of years. It also shows you the, the parity in, in the, the CIS now more so than there has been in the past as the, the U of A Golden Bears used to be always. The elite team. Now there's other teams that are challenging. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Billy on the line. Hi, Billy. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, glad to, that the season has been a lot better than the last ten years. Um, I actually remember when I was a kid, uh, the Oilers beat the Flames ten one. I just I can't remember what year that was, and I've I've done research and I can't find out when that was. How long ago approximately do you think it was? I would say between 96 and 99, somewhere in there. 10-1. I got all the games pulled up on a list here. Uh, there was 7 nothing in 2000. Oh, 10-1, November 26, 1996, in Calgary. Wow. There it is. Uh, is that the same game where uh, someone poured beer on the coach's head? Oh, I don't remember. I don't have the scoring summary for it. May- oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a big fan of Battle of Verdes. Awesome. Great game tonight. All right. Anything else, buddy? Uh, no, that's everything. Just wanted to know when. Okay, appreciate it, Billy. Thanks a lot for yeah. calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have John on the line. Hey, John. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good. Hey, yeah, um, I was just thinking about how we're sort of at the midway point of the season. 
and uh, and I'm just wondering if uh, if you had to hand out the MVP award right now, would it go to McDavid? I mean, right now Crosby, I mean Crosby's phenomenal, but I mean he's playing with Malkin. We don't have a lot of secondary scoring, and I mean we're in a pretty amazing spot to be where we are um, with really just one line. Except for tonight. I mean, tonight was fantastic. But. Um, well, go going first of all with Crosby. Crosby doesn't play with Malkin. Actually, Connor McDavid has better line mates than Sidney Crosby does. Sidney Crosby's line mates are Rust and Sheary. That's no, no, but I mean, I mean in terms of secondary scoring. No, yeah, I, I understand that. But it, it, if you're just going off scoring race and stuff like that, McDavid has the advantage of who he's playing with. I do like the fact that the... The Oilers need McDavid probably more than the Penguins need Crosby. I don't think I don't think the Penguins are a championship team without Crosby, but they can get by without him because they'll have other players step up. I think McDavid means more to his team. Without him, it's a huge drop off. It's funny though if you're looking at the Oilers. I think the Oilers MVP is Cam Talbot. I think the Oilers yeah. would miss if Cam Talbot doesn't play. The Oilers are not as good a team as if if Connor McDavid doesn't play. That's an interesting yeah. debate. The the t- Oilers team MVP might be Cam Talbot, but the McDavid's going yeah. to be a Hart Trophy finalist if this keeps going. Yeah. The interesting yeah. thing is, who's the third guy that would be nominated for the Hart Trophy right now? Like Burns. Would it uh, yeah. be nominated? Dubnik? I, I think Burns. That's what everybody Dubnik. says, right? Yeah, I mean, both very good players. I mean, Kane is now having a good year again. He's he's caught up in the in scoring standings as well. Um, but no one's no one's having a runaway season. I think Connor McDavid would probably right now would be the the favorite. Yeah, especially because if he, of how valuable he is. Too. Yeah, and, and especially this is a team that was a, a bad hockey team last year. I mean, the Penguins were good last year. They were the Stanley Cup champions, and they're good again this year. The The Oilers were terrible last year, and Connor McDavid was out for half the season. <laughs> this year he's healthy, and now here they are knocking on the division lead. So I think Connor McDavid right now would be the... Uh, he'd be the favorite to be the MVP of the league. But having said that, there's still a lot of season left. John, let me ask you this, because Rob and I have talked about this. Who's your most pleasant surprise on the Oilers this season? Uh, I think, actually, I like, I, I love the way Cassian's playing, actually, right now. And I know, I know that's not, you know, it's not like he's lighting the lamp. Or, but um, I guess, I guess Latestu on the power play is a real, a real surprise. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's good. I, to me, to me, it's Matthew Benning. I think he's a guy that oh. no one expected to make the team, and not Absolutely. only has he made it, he's been he's been very, very good. I mean, the thing is, which is fun this year, when you say who's your most pleasant surprise, the three of us could discuss this and have three different guys that we could name, and all three could be worthy. Where if we were talking about it last year, it, uh, I mean, you would be, ooh, yeah. I don't know. Too, let me think. I got to find somebody that's having that's been a pleasant surprise. So I think not the true. pleasant the pleasant surprises there. There are so many pleasant surprises for the Edmonton Oilers this year. Hey, can can I ask you guys one more question? Yep. So, if if you were to hand out uh, Coach of the Year, actually, um, just Tortorella, you just got to go to Torts, I guess, right now. Right? Well, okay, right now but, the season the season I mean, isn't over. The season, yeah. and if if the Edmonton Oilers win the division, it's Todd McClellan. I don't care. I think yeah. where they've come from from last year, and if they win their division. That's, yeah. I think that's more impressive than what Tortorella's done in Columbus. See, that's and that's what I can. And I think I, I think Columbus is going to have a bit of a slide. They've already slid a little bit, you know. But 
that, that's what I sort of think as well. But anyway, I guess that'll wait till the end of the year. Yeah. No, thanks, John. No, it's it's great that uh, Oilers personnel mm-hmm. could legitimately be. I mean, Everly was nominated for the Lady Bing a few years ago. Nuge was up for the Calder. You know, you know, it's kind of funny. You know who could be up for the Lady Bing this year? Oscar Clefbaum. Oscar Clefbaum. Doesn't have a penalty. He does not have a penalty minute. He's a defenseman that he, he doesn't have a whole lot of edge to him, but he, he's not a shy guy. No, he doesn't. But to have no, no penalty minutes as a, as a defenseman, like you get penalty. Yeah, exactly. Step, step on your stick or your hand comes Shoot off your stick. Glass. Anything. It's unbelievable. Oilers win 7 3 in Calgary. We have Matt on the line. Hi, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, we just want to talk a little bit about Adam Larson. Um, I thought he was really good again, and uh, he's, I, I think he hits hard. He's uh, hes one of my favorite Oilers, honestly. He, uh, I just love watching the guy play, and I think lately he's been a lot better with the puck on his stick, which makes him even better. And I think a little bit earlier in the season he was deferring a little bit with to his partner, like a cleft one to get the puck out of the zone, but I think he's been really good with the puck on a stick, and if he can add that to his game with his defensive capabilities, I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest thing for, uh, excuse me, for Larson is, is his, the, the first pass. If he gets on a stick and off a stick and puts it somewhere for the offensive players, for the forwards to take off and get out of their own zone, then he's doing his job. He's very good at shutdown. Uh, he, he's a good skater. He, he closes the gap. He stops the cycle. He's everything that he was advertised to be. I think there was an adjustment period for the fans with Larson because yep. we saw what we gave up. And there was a lot of bitterness this summer. We couldn't believe we were getting this guy. But I think the biggest thing is because he was an unknown. He played on a team that nobody cared about, that we never saw. And you're like, okay, who is this guy? But now he's come in and he's solidified a defense. And it's not just him, but he's a big part of it. And the Oilers are a much better hockey club. And you miss what Taylor Hall brought, but you certainly love that the Oilers are winning hockey games and where they are in the standings. And a big part of that is the Oilers have got a defense now that can stop the other teams. And they have not had that in the 11 years that I've been working with the Oilers. Yeah, Thanks, I Matt. Agree. Thanks, guys. Right on. That's Matt, 780-496-0063. Final word tonight, the guy who got four points. Here is Jordan Everly. Yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest thing is he started well. Um, we capitalized on our chances early and, and kind of got them behind the eight ball. So coming off the back-to-back, I think that's huge. Um, so, and we just kind of rolled from there. I mean, uh, LB played really well in net tonight. Um, we gave up a lot still, and he was there to, to shut the door. So uh, kudos to him. Historic kind of night. This is a sweep for the Oilers over the Flames hasn't happened in the history of these two teams. Uh, does that mean something in this group? Well, I, I think you look at the standings and, and, you know, we're both playoff spots are fighting and, and, and you know, it kind of renews the rivalry a bit. Um, you know, these games always have a lot of energy. Fans always get into them. But I think most importantly, um, they're four-point games. These are divisional games. And when you can sweep a team that's in your division, um, it, you know, it sets you up well. You mentioned the four-point games. You had four points yourself. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your night and how? Uh, um, you know, our, our line played well. I think... Um, yeah, you look back, and it's funny. Some chances go in some nights and some don't, and it was just the case tonight the puck was going in. So, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to create offense in, in the games to come. Jordan Everly, two goals and two assists, including one that really put the Oilers in control very early. 5.58 into the first period, he made it 3 nothing for Edmonton. They go on to beat Calgary 7-3. Laurent Brassois, his first 
Career victory making 38 saves. The Oilers are now 26-15-8 on the season and in a good battle with San Jose and Anaheim for first place in the Pacific Division. Those are the Oilers' next two opponents. And our next broadcast is Wednesday. The Oilers visit the Ducks, 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oh, I forgot to get Rob's NFL picks. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Green Bay 31-24. I'm taking uh, New England 28-23. I think I said those on Inside Sports as well. And I'll have Inside Sports from 6 to 8 on Monday. All right, this has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandish Team Broadcast Center. The Oilers sweep the season series from Calgary. 7-3 your final tonight. It's 12-31. Thanks for listening.